Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Punting on Third College Football Podcast. We are back today to break down the 2019 Week 4 of the college football season. We have our recap, and then we're also looking ahead to Week 5 with our picks and a bunch more. My name, as always, is Tommy McGowan. I'm joined with my co-host, Eric Huesberg. Let's get into it. And the first thing we want to talk about with week four is it was a wild, wild week out west, particularly across the Pac-12. We saw a crazy comeback from UCLA. We saw Utah lose to USC late Friday night. And then we saw Arizona State lose to Colorado. Even though that wasn't really surprising, but still a Pac-12 ranked team loses so it was a big thing. And, and uh, we should uh, talk about, does Pac-12 have any chance for the playoff? You know, I think their only chances now probably rest in one of three scenarios. Um, probably it's got to be Cal has to run the table, which I'm not super confident in. I think... I don't think they're going to run think the table. Oregon runs the table, and Auburn does super well. So their only loss is to a really good Auburn. And they, like, and destroy they, they Washington. Everybody else would be a possible scenario. And I think the only other scenario would be if USC were to just run the table. And What about Washington? I, I just don't see Washington making it in this year. Um I guess they do have a schedule that could maybe they have some opportunities to add some big wins. Uh, but I just have a good feeling Washington's going to drop like one or two more games that they yeah. should have because that they seems to be the prevailing have lost theme. Cal at home. They probably shouldn't have. That game was just weird. Um, but yeah, yes. I think those are the only three scenarios where they have a chance at a playoff berth, which is what pretty about scary. a Washington State running the table? <laughs> Anthony um, Gordon wins to Heisman. Just, yeah, the fact they lost to UCLA and their I, best win at this point is Houston by a touchdown. And Houston hasn't really looked too impressive. After, no. let's talk about the fake Neil that Tulane ran against Houston. Dude, Tulane's a good football team. Yeah, Tulane's I, pretty good. Willie Fritz, Willie Fritz could definitely get a power five. I think it's funny because um, this is just random, but Justin McMillan, when he was at LSU, he only like did the Wildcat. And I remember seeing him and I'm like, you know, I feel like this guy could go to like a like group of five school and ball out. And I didn't think it was going to be too lame. But, uh, and also but, a funny thing is that Jalen McQuesky got the yeah, game when he touched down. So it's, know, it's always know, funny seeing transfers from bigger schools just go to like a smaller school. Didn't like Jalen McCluskey like transfer to like Oklahoma State too? From, oh, did he f- to think, Oklahoma State? Yeah, and then he went to Tulane. Um, I, that could be right. I feel like he might have yeah, been, was he like in Juco at one point? Look him up, because he, he's, I feel like he's been in school forever. Yeah, he's been in school I, for I did not know he was years. still in like school. If it's, we knew about this now, he would have been a strong candidate to win the Ryan Finley Never Graduate Award plenty. Um, from what I'm seeing here, he spent four years at Oklahoma State and then... Transferred. To Tulane. So, did I also want to say, I think Tulane has maybe the most underrated jerseys in collegiate football. True. Um, they're, like, sky blue 
jerseys with those helmets are gas. Alright, then um banking on Houston, the big news coming out this week is uh Derek King planning to redshirt this year and potentially transfer. My prediction is that Derek King goes to Oklahoma. See, I don't know. This is this is a weird story to me because I just it came out of literally nowhere, and I thought Derek King. I think he was. A I thought Heisman. he was a. I thought he was a sleeper Heisman candidate, especially I, in Dana Holgerson's like air raid offense. But I think I have him as a Heisman finalist in my college football preview this year, um, which looks bad now. But like I thought he was gonna ball out. I think I thought him and Dana were gonna just have that connection, and boy. You know, it hasn't looked that nice. I, I made the similar thing is that Khalil Tate and Kevin Summon last year is similar to Deere King and Dana Horgerson this year in which we thought these quarterbacks would just ball out and they struggled in a new system. It's interesting. It's interesting how that works because sometimes when a coach gets, goes to a new place and it seems like it's not going to work out, it works out super well. And then you have the complete opposite like the Khalil Tate to the world where – just is a weird, but, uh, weird vibe. Granted, Quill Tate is doing better in year two than the Kevin Sullivan. I mean, he's on my fantasy team, so yes, he is doing quite a bit better. Um, but yeah, the Eric King, I it's a weird story to me because I think it probably came out that he wants to redshirt after they were knocked out of the New Year Six contention. Um, but I've also saw reports that he doesn't want to transfer and they're just going to take a redshirt. But let's say it's still hypothetical and he decides to graduate transfer to another school. What's your prediction, early prediction, where he goes? I mean, where did Major Applewhite end up? That would be... Alabama. Is is Major Applewhite at Alabama? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was... Uh, oh, so Kendall Bryles. Wasn't Kendall Bryles his OC at Houston? Follows him to Florida State. Or if Kendall Bryles, I think, probably will take another job, he follows them to wherever Kendall Bryles I, I think the year it came to Oklahoma, I think it's definitely... I just don't see that. I, don't. I do. I, they have Spencer Rattler there. I don't think... Like, Derrick King's, like, a good group of five quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to go, like, jump to P5 and ball out. He definitely could pell out against Big 12 defenses, I would say. You know... I don't know. It's but um, this brings up, is uh, Houston only good with converted wide receivers at quarterback? I mean, that's what it looks like. I mean, Kyle Allen was fucking terrible at Houston. And Kyle, it's weird because Kyle Allen won the battle of the former Texas A&M washouts. That's true. That is true. I, you know, you would have told me Kyle Allen would win an NFL start. You, if you would have told me that a couple years ago when he was projected to be a star for Texas a and I wouldn't be surprised. But you told me after he was horrible at Houston that he would get a job in the NFL and be able to start you know, against a, Kyler Murray and beat out Kyler Murray. That's a weird thing about how the college football to NFL pipeline works because it's just weird sometimes. And Kyle Allen was a weird college football player and his career path so far in the NFL has been interesting. But I'm. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on, we have to hit on Wisconsin's absolute demolishing of Michigan. The final was thirty-five fourteen. I think it could have been more. And I don't. Didn't they bench Shea Patterson? Shea Patterson was terrible in that game, and he did get benched for McCaffrey, and then McCaffrey got knocked out, and then yeah. they went back to Shea Patterson. He was still terrible. Uh, Shea Patterson is a complete. 
anomaly to me because like you know. he's had some moments and like I think he could be good. I think he is a pretty good quarterback, but when he's bad, he's really bad, and he's been bad this year. Yeah, he's a veteran quarterback, and you look at like the system they wanted to get in place in Michigan this year seemed completely perfect, especially with the wide receivers they have. Exactly. This is this. I mean, this offense was supposed to work perfectly well with Shea Patterson, and it seems like he's been I drafted Shea Patterson for my fantasy college football team, and I. Actually dropped his Chay Patterson for Andy uh, Gordon. You know, I think that's the move. It will be interesting to see what but, Michigan uh, does at quarterback this next week because I think it'll be Shea Patterson, but he's on a short leash. He's he's probable right now. He's probable to play. Dylan McCaffrey's doubtful. Who's the third string? Joe Milton. We saw a little bit of Joe Milton uh, this past week against uh, Wisconsin. He had uh, fifty-eight yards through. A, no, just kidding. He was zero for three. So I know it's Rutgers, but you got to be a little bit concerned if you're a Michigan fan with their current quarterback situation. Yes, especially if you're talking about potential playoff contenders. But do you think Michigan's playoff hopes are in the drain? I don't think they're completely dead. I think they're on life support right now. What about Wisconsin, though? To quote the, the great... Dennis Green, Wisconsin is who we thought they were. Very good defense, great run game, and serviceable quarterback. That's a recipe that for success at Wisconsin that they've been doing for 20 years. The, the thing is with Wisconsin is, you know, I, I thought their defense would probably be good. We obviously know what Jonathan Taylor's going to do. But Jack Cohen's been really good. Like, for that offense, he's been really good. I, think I didn't it, expect I think that at all. That, I mean, you said I, you expected Graham Mertz to be starting by now. I did. And, I mean, I kind of thought that would be the case as well. But, I thought um, Jack I Cohen think would just be... The, the return of Quintez Cephas, I think, has a lot to do with this. I think Quintez Cephas is an underrated wide receiver in the Big Ten. So, I mean, is Wisconsin by far and away the best team in the Big Ten West? Are they going to... I think it's going to come down to Wisconsin and Iowa. No Nebraska love? No uh, Minnesota love? No Minnesota love? I think Minnesota will... Will tell us a lot about their season this week when they play Purdue. Yeah, I agree. I I think they'll beat Purdue though. I I've had so. them beating Purdue for a while, but yeah. then it they depends on the health of Elijah Slender too. It's it's gonna be interesting. Um, Wisconsin are they a playoff threat? I don't. I think, think they're a threat to so. make the New Year's Six Bowl. Oh yeah, they're definitely. I think they probably will at this point. Oh, I they'll th- definitely make like a. Right now, what I'm feeling for them is a 10-2 regular season loss in the Big Ten Championship. And but then, then Ohio State makes the playoff, and they go to the Rose Bowl as a delegate for the Big Ten. That seems about right. I like that. So, we were talking about this before the show. What's Jim Harbaugh's future at? I think Jim Harbaugh... I think people are over... Jim Harbaugh literally is the perfect Michigan coach. You know, I think a lot of Michigan fans right now would argue with that. But, I mean, like, when he got hired, I mean, it yeah. seemed like a dream come true. The khakis, all the satellite camps, the traveling to Italy, all that fun stuff. But now it's, like, years five of the Jim Harbaugh era. Yeah, that's 2015 was the first year. 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Year five. People are getting tired of all the... Well, I mean, here's the thing with Harbaugh is... He's always going to, you know, talk the talk, but he's had his moments at Michigan, but he hasn't fully 
walk the walk. You know, you got to win a Big Ten title. You got to contend for a playoff berth. And they just simply have not at this point. Um, you know, I've been in a, for a long time, I've been in a camp where Jim Harbaugh, I think, is, I think he gets hated by people and people want to bring him down. Um, and I, I've never really thought that he was on the hot seat. But if they, like, looking at their remaining schedule, I think if they continue I, the way they I, played, I think they lose two to three more I games. think they go nine and three with losses to Iowa. And Ohio State. State. So you have them beating Penn State on the road. You have them beating <laughs> Notre Dame. And you have them beating Michigan State. And Maryland on the road. I, yeah. I it just, you know, it doesn't look good for them. I think they play really motivated the rest of the season. I think it's a wake-up call, but uh, a lot – there's going to be a lot of – this offseason is going to be really interesting in Ann Arbor. That's you know, all I got to say. I feel, like, I feel like Josh Gaddis is about to just be fired, like, next week. I they, thought – They should uh, – you know who they should hire? Graham Harrell. And that's our next topic? QBU, USC. Yeah, so USC won in – I thought pretty impressive fashion. Losing Caden Slovis, who was their backup. And then Matt Fink, who I thought he had, like, I didn't even know he was still on that roster. I thought he transferred. But Matt Fink bowled out against Utah, and I think the impact that Graham Harrell made year one, people underestimated. But I I thought there was potential with the wide receivers that they have. But... I mean, did you have them, like, firing Clay Helton and true. going on a run with Graham True, Harrell? but uh, I thought there was potential with, like, Graham Harrell. I mean, you had Graham Harrell, like, fucking 6-1, 7-0 and one, six seven and one. Zero after mid-term. You know, true. I think he's definitely going to get a head coaching job soon. Yeah, um, or get hired in Michigan as the offensive coordinator after Josh Gaddis gets fired and uh, Urban Meyer takes over at uh, USC because I feel as though that's still going to happen. You still are on the Urban Meyer to USC. You hype. should look at some of the things that Urban Meyer's been liking on Twitter. <laughs> so you're going off the Twitter likes is basing your opinion. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, there's a lot of rumors, too. He was at the fucking USC game last week. Yeah, because he works at Fox. <laughs> and they were he could doing be previewing his game. team. That, I saw that, and people were going crazy about that. Like Reggie Bush Let's getting not It was so funny, like, when Reggie Bush got fined. Like, uh, USC got fined for Reggie Bush, like, celebrating. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about the USC Urban Meyer little shindig that everybody seems to be going into. Um, yeah. I don't know. But QBU at USC... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're probably QBU. If uh, I feel like it's kind of weird that the two backups to JT Daniels that we've seen this year have both looked better than JT Daniels. But JT Daniels tore his ACL three quarters into the first game. We We didn't 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 get enough of it, but like last season, he looked. He didn't look as good as these two quarterbacks have looked, and like, sure, it was his freshman year, but it was also Caden Slovis' freshman year. I think it's gonna be a very interesting QB carousel next year because I, I mean, think some of these guys will definitely transfer so are we for sure that jt daniels is going to transfer because i think so should we start the jt daniels where would he go fucking like... byu <laughs> i think he'll go to i can see him going inside cal 
like fucking Kyle. San Jose State. I like that San Jose State. I bet that San Diego State. You know, that's a Dude, that's a thing is he's from like SoCal though. He's from Matterday. He's played at the fucking Master Day. He's he's fucking has always played at like the nicest school in California. I'm not saying something. Master Day. Matterday. Matterday. Matterday in Santa Ana. What about that St. John Bosco grind? I mean, yeah, it's... Wasn't uh, fuck, uh, Matt Fink, like, uh, replaced Sam Darnold at, uh... Was it St. John Bosco? Um, it was some... Or was that Jack Sears? It was probably Jack Sears. But, once again, uh... Yeah, I think Jack Sears replaced uh, Sam Darnold. Where do you think Jack Sears will go? Should we just have, like, that random Mac school that, uh... Central Mish? Central Mish, dude. I I thought I think that GT Daniels to Ohio Grand, uh, I think is gonna start, just like the most random like Mac school like Ross Bowers. Yeah, that was that was weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. What else do we want to hit on? I think we should hit on Georgia beating Notre Dame twenty three seven. Surprised by the result of the game. Um, not really. really. Yeah, I kind of figured it was gonna be like that. I I gotta say though, Notre Dame gets so much hate, and I I you know I think some of it's deserving. I also think some of it isn't deserving. And they went out, and I thought they impressed me more than Georgia impressed me. Yeah, Georgia. To, have a chance to win the game late in the game on the road against a Georgia team that without a doubt is really good. In a hostile environment too on the night. Like it's one thing to compete with Georgia like in your home field but to go into Athens and like be right there at the end that's pretty impressive. Do you think if Notre Dame runs the table and their only loss is to one loss Notre Dame team the Georgia team. Do you think they... Uh, you know, there's so many different scenarios that you could have here. If they... Like, the thing that's going to hurt them is they lost by four touchdowns to Clemson last year. But, I mean, Alabama lost the full... This is what's frustrating is, is Notre Dame lost by the same amount of margin to, to Clemson that Alabama did. And Alabama, everybody's like, yeah, you know, it's whatever. But then Notre Dame, it's like... Oh, they're a terrible program. They they shouldn't even have been there. You know, I think that that team was... I think they were pretty good. Last I think that might have been the greatest... Wait, Clemson or Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I yeah. think people just hate on I, them. The Notre Dame team was really good. I think they have a decent chance to get back in the playoff mix. They're right there. They have a good opportunity and have, to get like, a nice resume booster like this weekend. Too. I, I like Notre Dame. I, I but uh, I see Notre Dame if they do run the table, I think they'll take. Let's just do a hypothetical here. Let's have a one loss Oklahoma Big Twelve champ, with their only loss being to Texas. A one loss Oregon Pac twelve champ, with their only loss going being to Auburn, and they run the table. Or Notre Dame, one loss to Georgia, but it was a close loss on the road. Who do you envision getting the number four spot? Let's say it's Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. How good did Georgia and Auburn do in this hypothetical? Let's say Georgia lost in the SEC championship game, but also dropped one in the regular one, season. Like that lose to like uh, Florida or something like that. And then Auburn. Uh, it was like 
nine and three. Not like a bad loss, but I think in that scenario it would probably be Oklahoma. I think it'll be Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it goes. But then my two would go. I think it would be. Uh, I go with Notre Dame. Yeah, I'd probably go with Notre, Notre Dame, Dame too. Oregon. I think Oregon's in the worst spot just because Auburn's probably the worst loss. That great hypothetical there. Great. We, I think we should talk a lot of hypotheticals. We should just do an entire podcast we devoted to hypothetical playoff situations. Yeah. It's like that, uh, like the week before the playoff comes dude, out. Dude, you can talk about that stuff for literally hours, and there are so many different scenarios and so many lanes for debate about that stuff. But uh, we're going to move on to well, the well, last I thing. Got, I got another big thing, Pitt beating UCF. Oh, yeah. Game. yeah I forgot should. about that one. Uh, Pick beating UCF at home. Uh, do you think UCF, twenty seventeen national champs, has a chance to be, still be the Group of Five representative? I I do. Yeah. I think that they are still probably the team to beat. I think um, it's either going to be them or Boise State. Yeah, or Appalachian State. I think it's between those three. Because um, Appalachian really, State beat UNC this week really pick. quietly. So, um, but yeah, I think UCF. You know, they they were bound to lose sometime. They went down three touchdowns early in this game, then clawed back. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel is probably going to be the guy. It looks like it. I mean... Dude, little Honolulu. Little Honolulu. He's from Hawaii. Is UCF only good with quarterbacks from Hawaii? Is Here's the big question. Is Hawaii the new Texas informing star quarterbacks? Tua, Mackenzie Milton. Fortunately, um, rest in peace his career. Who else uh, is from Ben from Hawaii? Tua's Tua, little brother. Tua's little brother. Um, Dylan Gabriel. Colt Brennan. Was he from Hawaii or not? Cole McDonald. Is he from Hawaii? I have no idea. Timmy Chang. Brian Manez. Norm Chow. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Pitt. Shout out Pitt. Did Pitt. You know, Pitt is the epitome of a team that's going to go, like, 500 every year, but they get that one upset win, and this was their upset win this year. Who did they beat last year? Did they beat, like... Um, I don't know if they beat anyone last year, but they beat Miami in... And they beat Clemson the year before, too. Yeah, so they had two straight years, and then, I mean, last year they went to the ACC championship. They got wrecked by Clemson, though, but... A lot of people did, so. Um, right. And then the last thing we want to hit on is Auburn, who, you know, I'll, I'll give, you know, I'll give some hate on myself because I haven't been given Auburn much respect so far this year, and I thought they looked really good against a I agree. Auburn, I think Bo Nix is serviceable as a quarterback, especially with the defense that he's been given his first year. And the running game, too, has improved from last year. The The thing about the running game is just, like, so many different options. Like, this year, I kind of thought Booby Whitlow would just kind of be the workhorse and they'd feature a few guys in. But they've been so balanced in just, like, so many different options they can go with that have so many different strengths. And, like, we all know when Auburn's scary is when their running game is... Humming. And I think Bonix has right an arm too, and so, he showed he is not afraid of the big moments, especially. Uh, so Auburn prior to the season, I think I had them going seven and I had five. Them, I had them going like six and six, and they 
Gus Malzahn getting fired, but I don't think Gus Malzahn is going to get fired anytime soon. Yeah. It's it's Auburn's just always you never know what you're getting. But remaining schedule, they yeah. have. Don't they have like Georgia? They have. They still have four top ten teams. Yeah. How many of the? They have four top ten like, teams, so, and two uh, of those are on the road. So it's LSU, Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. Yes. I think they go one and three. It's so it's Georgia and Alabama at home. Well, I think they both lose to both teams so at home. Florida and LSU are on the road. I think they go one and three in that stretch. I think they go one and three in that stretch as well. So I think eight and four, nine and three is now seems to be the range for them. But that, I mean, with how tough of a schedule they have this year, I'm impressed. I'm not too impressed by Texas A&M. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think uh, the loss of Jay Sean Corbin yeah, has probably done I think... a lot for their run game. But I do like this freshman, though, Spiller. A&M definitely felt like a they ended last year really strong. Let's get too excited about them this I year. I think they're, they're literally uh, Texas A&M. I think it's literally the same. All, all the hype came a year early for A&M. And I think in 2020, I'm going to be ready to be excited about that. I, I, yeah, I agree. I That's my opinion. Kill him on and, uh, but, um, Should we move on to week five picks? Yeah, yeah, yeah helmet stickers to give out. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Those helmet stickers. So um, my helmet sticker for offense goes to our favorite quarterback here on the Punting on Dirt Ultra Bowl podcast. Probably at least one of our favorite scapegoats is a DPR. <laughs> But, uh, I think our favorite that. scapegoat is Art Sikowski. Yeah, but up there. Yeah. No, but uh, DTR balled out against UCLA. Did a, another improbable comeback for UCLA. They did one a couple years ago against Texas A&M. Down forty nine seventeen in the third quarter. I was thinking about going to bed, but then I just thought some crazy shit would happen, and crazy shit did happen. So uh, I give some love to Chip Kelly and UCLA, but. Could this be a turning point for the UCLA's offense? Probably not. But give some love to DTR. And then my defensive player is Zazir Alexander. Had one and a half sacks and six tackles in the game. Clinching sack on fourth down against UCF to win them the game. That's a big, that's a big play right there. And he deserves some love. So mine are going to be so offense. I'm going to go... Jamar Chase from LSU. I want to say that I picked him to be a breakout star this year for LSU. And he has balled out this week. He had 229 yards of receiving. Um, Let's see. Against Vanderbilt, he had 10 receptions, 229 yards, four touchdowns. He's been insane so far this season. He has nearly 400 yards and five touchdowns. And this is in a LSU receiver core that is star-studded, and he's putting up those types of numbers. They get Utah State, not this next Saturday, but the Saturday after. He's going to ball out again. This guy I'm pumped about, I think he's a superstar, like, waiting. And I think he's already getting to that level with what he's done. I think he'll be the star when uh, Jefferson's. I think he already is better than Justin Jefferson. I think him and Terrence Marshall are already at that level. All right. Um, but then defensively, had a tough time coming up with this one. But since Wisconsin has been so dominant this season on defense, and they were dominant again this weekend, I wanted to choose one of their players. 
I thought about Eric Burrow, but I think he got kicked out of the game for targeting. We don't, we don't, we don't support targeting here. No, third not Reggie Pearson either. Um, so then Jack Sanborn, who was also a breakout candidate I had this season. I knew that this guy was going to have a big sophomore campaign, and he has done just that. Had, I think, seven tackles this past week in one sack. Made a lot of big plays for this Wisconsin defense, which has been unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, those are my helmet stickers right. for week four. Now it's time for our week five picks here. So far this year, Thomas and I have been... Uh, We're struggling. Well, uh, I'm not struggling, but uh, Thomas is struggling. I mean, you're, you're doing Doing better okay. than you. Yeah, you're doing okay. I'm doing bad. Um. And I think I'm so I'm nineteen and thirteen overall, which is atrocious for me. Yeah, I'm one for four on the upsets. The upset I'm... picks. This is what's frustrating. Is last year I didn't really track them. I just made them at the bottom oh. and didn't really track them. And I was just on fire last season. And now I'm tracking my upset picks. And in typical fashion, I'm doing terrible on them. Um, this past week, I mean, I had BYU beating Washington. Not even close. I mean, yeah, that's not I, even. I had, I, had, I had two upset picks. I had Air Force beating Boise State, which didn't happen. But the SMU beating TCU, though, I was really hyped for it because I bought into the Shane Bouchelle hype. I mean, I'm pumped. I had Oklahoma State covering. I bet money on that. They covered, so I won money on OSU. I bet money on... uh, I bet money on USC covering. That's, I mean, worked out for you. Worked out for me. Um, But yeah, let's get get into it. So, So, first game is Friday night. We have two Friday night games, actually, we want to hit on. Both top 25 teams playing... Previous games. top twenty-five teams. Yeah, both these. These teams. could have been battles between two top twenty-five teams. Um, but yeah, it's Penn State at Maryland. Penn State's a touchdown favorite. Um, what's your opinion on this game, Eric? We're gonna learn a lot about Penn State this week. Indeed. I, I thought about picking the upset here because it seems like a big upset candidate. But I'm gonna go with Penn State by three. By three. Okay. I Penn State, 20-17. So, yeah, Penn State, I, I don't really know what to think about them right now. I think now. their defense is really good, but their offense will struggle against Maryland, and I think their defense will shut them down enough in which Sean Clifford makes enough big plays to escape one on their own. Yeah, so I think uh, I'm also going to go Penn State. Uh, this is a game – this is funny because this is a game you can tell – that the Big Ten wants to become a rivalry game because they want Maryland to have some type of rival. This is not a rivalry game, in my opinion. And I think Penn State is going to come out, like you said, you know, their offense might struggle, but I think the defense gets job done. I have them winning 24-14. So very good score. All right, so the next game, Jaden Daniels, can you get another big road win upset? Uh... To be honest, I do like Arizona State, and I think the Pac-12 is a conference that everyone will beat everyone. But I think this Cal defense is pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to go Cal here. I think Cal has a better – I think Chase Garbers is better than Brian Lewerke. 
So then do you think Cal's defense is better than Michigan State's defense? No. It's but I think this is I another I think Cal game. is a better secondary, but I think Michigan State is a better front. Who do you think is the better linebacker, Evan Weaver or Joe Bocci? I mean, the way Evan Weaver's played this year, you got to go Evan Weaver. Yeah. He's been insane for them. Yeah, this is a situation I think Arizona State, I... I kind of like. I kind of want to pick the upset here. I would not be shocked if it happened, but I'm not going to pick the upset. I'm picking Cal. I'm, okay. I actually kind of like Cal pretty comfortably in this I game. I think Cal is, wins by more than five. I think they win by two touchdowns, and I have them winning 28-14. See, the also thing that kind of is tough is this is like a late-night Friday night Pac-12 game. And, I mean, you look at last week. They always get weird on Friday like night, especially, like, the Friday night, the Dude, Thursday year, or Friday night Pac-12 games. Dude, they always dark. get weird. Dude, I always stay up for Pac-12 after dark. So, I think this is another game that could get weird, but I still got Cal. I got them. I'm going to go 28-17. All right. All right, next game, Virginia at Notre Dame. Uh, you're really high on Virginia, and I think Virginia struggled the last week against Old Dominion. Yeah, they West, haven't. They haven't looked very good. Super dog pick, Notre Dame. I think is going to win comfortably here. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to be semi comfortably. I think they win by more than twelve. See, Bryce Perkins is like a really tough quarterback to defend against. But if you stop Bryce Perkins, you stop the offense. So that's why, that and I think season. Notre Dame did a good job in containing DeAndre Swift and Jake Fromm. And I think that offense is better than Virginia's. So I have Notre Dame winning comfortably 31-14. to 14. Yeah, I'll go Notre Dame as well. Um, I'm going to go 34-21. Oh, wow. So this is a game that I think will tell us a lot about Washington and USC. I don't know who's going to be starting for USC if why did Keaton Slovak get hurt? But did he like get a concussion? Um, I don't. They didn't disclose it during the game. I don't. But, uh, but regardless like of who's starting at QB, I think Washington is a tough place to play at, and I have Washington winning close though. Yeah, I'll go Washington too. I have Washington winning by less than ten though. Um, I have them winning. I think it's gonna be close. And I go 31-28. I'm going to go... See, I actually think Washington's a chance to really ball out this game. I'm going to go Washington 38, USC 28. Yeah, that 10-point spread. Yeah, maybe I'm not... Maybe I just go like 38-24, so we can... It's... I... Hmm, no... I uh, I don't know, I like uh, I like USC to an extent, but I think Washington balls balls out here. All right, next game is a game with a lot of mid tier Big Twelve implications here. Iowa State Baylor. Iowa State Baylor at Baylor. At Baylor, I am a big fan of Baylor this year, but I know you're a big fan of Iowa State this year. So this is a tough one for me. This really is. I think. I have Baylor winning this game. Well, yeah, scoring. I mean, I'm actually going to go I-State. Oh, right. so what's your score prediction for Iowa State? I think they have a really 
I think it could be a shootout, actually. Yeah, I, I don't see this I one. like it like 42-35. Alright, I have Baylor winning. But I think it's going to be a shootout as well. After after what I saw from Iowa State's offense last week, I think it's going to be a shootout. You I know think... who I think is going to be pretty good in a couple years? Real Mitchell. Real Mitchell, I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, the thing, the reason I, I'm not picking Baylor is I know that, you know, one game doesn't define the team, but they beat Rice by a touchdown last week. I don't right, think they, I don't think they beat Rice State this week. 45-38 Baylor. So now we should probably do our special pick here. Not not a, usually a pick here, but uh, we'll we'll definitely do it because of the return of Shannon Brooks. So Minnesota at Purdue. Minnesota's favored by it. Two points. Um, yeah, I don't think Purdue's that good this year. <laughs> I think they're okay. You know who I think is really good? It's George Calathanes. George Karlaftis. Karlaftis, yeah. End, true freshman from West Lafayette. <laughs> Seems like a five-star. Dude, he, yeah, he's going to be his fucking star. But the, this game will be interesting if Elijah Slender is starting. If he's not, we'll get to see Jack Plummer play. And that's uh, always a treat. <laughs> it's always a treat seeing Jack Plummer. It's always a treat seeing. Is he uh, related to... Jake Plummer? Jake Plummer. I think it's his son. Pretty sure it's son. Jake Plummer's son, but I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, Minnesota, obviously, three really close non-con wins. Is this the game where you see Minnesota dominate Purdue with... I don't know if I see them dominating them, but I see, see them, them winning another com- win. I think, it's, I think the they're going to get a win. I think Minnesota wins this game. If I have Minnesota winning, I, could see I, think, it, I think it's Minnesota's going to have a big lead and produce some, some bullshit way to come back. Yeah. Like a pick six or some bullshit way, but then the go for It's like going to be similar to the Indiana game. I think, that, I think Minnesota wins 35-32, just because I know... Some bullshit's gonna happen, especially with the golfers. I'll go thirty-one thirty. How about that for a close win? I think I agree. I agree with what you're saying. That seems about about right. Um, but yeah, Shannon Brooks is back, so that's huge. I can't wait for the return. with how beat up. I mean, is Mohammed Ibrahim gonna be back as well? Do we know his status? I think they both are. All uh, both is Rodney are, Smith but, back? Yeah, I think they both are. Open what I've seen. If if Tanner Morgan throws the ball more than like twenty times, we have Tanner Morgan. Four. Here's the thing with Tanner Morgan is that he's a very frustrating quarterback because he makes throws that you're like, what the fuck, and then he just makes throws like like the Chris Ottman Bell throw. Yeah, like he'll make close, he's the most frustrating quarterback to watch, but yet at the same time he's a very fun quarterback to watch. You know, it's something that kind of comes with the territory of a young quarterback on a go for football team. True. But knowing that some bullshit's probably gonna happen too. I see I see them winning, have a comfortable lead, and then Tanner Morgan throws a pick six that starts a comeback. I can see that. Or that's why I don't I don't want them throwing the ball in this game. I literally want them to run for the ball fifty times and have literally if they if Tanner Morgan has a stat line like eight touched eight, like ten passes for like a touchdown. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I like that, actually. I like I'm that. okay with that. Um, moving on All to right. game day's location is 
in Lincoln this in Lincoln this weekend against it's Ohio State at Nebraska. Um, this game, be prior to this season, looked a lot bigger than it does now because to me, I don't think it's going to be that close. No, I I yeah, I don't see it being close at all. Nebraska just hasn't done it for me, and this could be their breakout game. It's early. Game. It's early. Yeah, it's it could. If be. they would have beat Colorado, it probably would have been a top twenty-five matchup. But you know, game day definitely had this game planned. But you know, I felt like you know Nebraska recovered from the Colorado loss, killed Northern Illinois. Then they just didn't look very good against Illinois. And but they had a lot of miscues. I watched that game too. They probably should have killed Illinois, but. They fumbled the ball like six times, and well, that's Illinois the thing. I think to... that's just gonna come with Nebraska this year. Is they're a little bit sloppy? Like I think this is a really talented team, but I think they're kind of. I think they're gonna sloppy. turn on late, but uh, I think Ohio State wins comfortably here. I think they win by more than fourteen, and I actually have them winning forty-five. Twenty-four. Dang, I'm kind of in that range too. I th- I think I got. House State thirty eight. Um, I'll go Nebraska twenty. So now it's time for an upset pick. I already have my upset pick. You want me to say? Yeah. I feel like Zola probably have the same upset pick. I have Oklahoma State beating Kansas State. Yep, that's I, what that's what I was eyeing. I really uh, came away impressed with Oklahoma State against Texas, especially in a hostile environment in Austin. And I think Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders are very good together. And, you know, I think Kansas State is good, but I don't think they're worthy of a top one. If the roles were flipped and Kansas State wasn't number, like, wasn't ranked and Oklahoma State was ranked 24, I think that'd be better. But I have Oklahoma State winning comfortably here. 38-14. I don't think Kansas State is that good. Yeah, I that was also the game that was going to be my upset pick. I'm trying to scan to see if there's anyone else I see. I think the two games earlier would be prime upset candidates, but um. Yeah. Um. The only other one that I thought about was like I don't know A and M Arkansas, <laughs> but not after Arkansas you, you lost. You just want us to have the same upset pick. Yeah, might as well. There's not anything I'm willing to. You could change one of your picks here earlier for like Penn State or Cal. Good. Nah, I'm going. I'll, I'll, I like Oklahoma State. They won me money last week, and I like them. But what if they don't? Are you going to bet on them again? Nah, I'm not betting on them. What's think, your score prediction? Um, I'll go Oklahoma State 35, Kansas State 27. Okay. All right, so now it's time for everyone's favorite, the Super Dog pick. I, you'll love the Super Dog. I'm digging deep into late at night Mountain West Conference. <laughs> Colorado State is a 23 and a half point dog against Utah State. And Colorado State, does this name sound familiar? Patrick O'Brien. Yeah, from <laughs> Nebraska. Transfer uh. through for four. Here's the thing with Colorado State. They can put up points, but they cannot defend the ball. So I think it's going to be a shootout, and it's not going to be a three-touchdown game. So I have Colorado State as my super dog. I'm fighting hard for – and they also have a superstar in Marvin Kinsley that no one's really talking about. Marvin Kinsley, yeah. 556 yards early on. 
Patrick O'Brien, this man's still in the in the in college. I thought Patrick O'Brien was gonna be dope. <laughs> See, I wasn't quite on that train, but um, I'm kind of surprised Utah State's that big of a favorite. Yeah, that's a, I, another one I can really think of was like Clemson, UNC. You know who I really like actually? Who is your super dog? dog? And we hate on them all the time, but Rutgers. Rutgers. And this seems what's, what's nice. Spread? I think it's, from what I'm seeing, this is an early spread. It could change. Yeah. Could maybe change before 29. Ooh. So you have Rutgers as your super dog. Dude, that's a beautiful super dog. With how beat up Michigan is. Yeah, I feel like Michigan's going to play pissed off. And you don't want to play a team pissed off. We'll see. You know, we'll... We'll uh, see the under one that I also want to give some love to. Clemson UNT. It's like 43. Yeah, that one I was... You, they were, you saw 43. I'm seeing 28 and a half right yeah. now. Yeah, change the line. I mean, mine could be different. I think also, this is a good one. I have currently Northwestern is a 22-point dog to Wisconsin. I don't see them losing by three touchdowns. You know, I tried doing the same thing with Wisconsin, and that, that definitely came back to bite me. Yeah. See, but <laughs> you had fucking Central Michigan. It like, it's different if it's a conference. It's and a conference team that, like, mat- traditionally matches up, like, very, like, similar to the Wisconsin. Shit. This now, their offense is terrible. Their defense is still good enough to at least make it, like, a two-touchdown 14 loss. game. Yeah, right. that's where that's where I'm at. So this has been the Punting on Third College Football Podcast. Catch us next week talking about some week five and previewing week six. And remember, football is a game of field position. Game of field position.